Hello human listeners, I did it. I cloned my voice with the help of Eleven Labs and this is the result. That's me, the AI version of me. It is kind of okay, but also not really close to my actual voice, I think. I guess the model needs more computer power and samples, which means for me on the other side, I would have to pay more to have a better version. So let's say it like this. It is a good start. So today, I'm just playing around with it. It's not perfect. Until the day when I have my perfect voice clone. But once playing around with it, I also thought, well, I cloned the voice of a German radio friend of mine. I got his permission. His name is Andreas Müller and he is one of the major pop critics in Germany. Together with his colleague Martin Böttcher, also a major pop critic, they have a podcast called Pop nach Acht. So if you understand German or if you have a great artificial intelligence that can translate German into English in real time or whatever language you prefer, I recommend listening to their podcast. It is a great conversation about music with a lot of humor and knowledge about music. But please wait a bit because you are right now with me and my podcast, The Iliac Suite. So here's the intro spoken by my friend Andreas Müller. This is The Iliac Suite, a podcast on AI-driven music. Join me as we dive into the ever-evolving world of AI-generated music, where algorithms become the composers and machines become the virtuosos. Yes, this music and text was written by a computer, and I am not real, but... I am, and my name is Dennis Kastrup.
Mezzy Star with Fade into You with the voice of Lana Del Rey. A user called MapRay uploaded the version on SoundCloud. A song I used to love when I was younger and this version is really well done. I love the Lana Del Rey voice on it. But to be honest, these cover versions in which AI voices are used bore me a bit right now. I mean, it was fun some months ago, but after many, many AI Elvis Presley and AI Frank Sinatra tracks online, it is enough. So for this episode, you will hear less of these versions. Instead, I used some AI-generated music from Mubert to support the person speaking. And in this episode, it will be Jessica Powell, CEO and co-founder of AudioShake a company that separates stems in music with the help of artificial intelligence. They have been around quite a while now and I had to think about them again when I heard about the new Beatles song, Now and Then. Or as the Beatles would probably put it, I get by with a little help from AI. For the song, they also had to separate the voice of John Lennon from the piano in the background. The technology of AudioShake does the same. The story how Jessica started AudioShake is fascinating and also stands for a lot of people in the new AI music era. They all share a passion for music in the first place. But Jessica tells you more about that. You know, I've worked in technology almost all of my career, um, but music has always been a huge central part of my life, either playing music, going to shows, interacting with people, building music technology, being part of building music technology. Um, it's, it's been a kind of constant throughout my both childhood and adult life. Um, and uh, But I never actually thought of combining it um, in a really, really specific way, meaning 
building something specifically around or for audio. Um, the way that that all happened was a lot more random, um, which is that I was uh, working at Google, and this would probably have been around 2011 or so. I was living in Tokyo, and um, and I was doing a ton of karaoke along with um, Luke, my co-founder. Uh, we did lots and lots of karaoke because it's kind of one of the social things that you end up doing um, in Japan, or at least back then, I think still the case. Um, and it was super fun, right? Like there is no better place to do karaoke. Um, but even then we were like, ugh, why can't we like karaoke to old punk? Why can't we karaoke to old hip hop? What if you could just like, and, and why are these all re-records? Like we wanna, we wanna like the number of nights where I drunkenly did Wonderwall or Brown Eyed Girl, um, California Dreamin', like great songs, but you know, kind of wanted a little bit more variety. And um, and I was like, whoa, what if you could, like, it'd be so cool if you could actually just karaoke to anything and the original songs. And that was just like a conversation that we probably had like a handful of, like whenever we would do karaoke, it would be like, oh, where's this song? Where's that song? Oh, it didn't exist. And then, you know, you go on with your life because this is not like the thing that like, necessarily, you know, changes your life overnight where you're like, I must go build this thing. Um, uh, and so that was just a thought that had been in our heads for, for a really long time. Meanwhile, I'm back at Google. I, um, end up doing a whole bunch of different things at Google, worked across a bunch of different areas. My last role at Google, um, and in my final years there were solidly in communications and I ended up running communications for Google, um, and when I left, I thought I was done with tech. Like I thought I was never going back to having meetings or thinking about, um, te like tech or regulation or any of the things that you would have to grapple with every single day. Um, uh, never wanted to hear the term at scale again, never wanted to have to think of, I just didn't, I was done. I was really done. I thought I was going to go do some sort of cliched, like, I don't know, go on a yoga retreat and find myself kind of thing. Um, but uh, no sooner had I left that I started gravitating towards music and creating with music, not with the idea of creating a company. It was just, I think, one of the things that had come at a cost to my professional life. Um, and I'd had a great like run at Google and I was really lucky for all the opportunities I had and learned a ton, but I also just worked a ton and I had kind of stopped creating. I had stopped playing music. I had stopped reading. I had stopped writing. Writing was also something that was really important to me. Um, and I'd stopped doing all those things. And so when I left technology, that was the thing I wanted to get back into was just I wanted to feel more human again. And for me, feeling human is like, it's, it's something tied, even if it's abstract to like creation. And um, so I got back into all those things. I started playing piano again and I started writing again and so forth. Um, and as I was doing that, Luke was also kind of going through something similar. He was at a FinTech company called Plaid. Um, and we were playing around with a bunch of different ideas with some other friends too, around music um, and, and different things that could be done with music. like remote collaboration and so forth. Um, and as we were in the process of doing that, we thought to ourselves, well, wait, what if we went in the other direction and rather thinking about how to build up a track, what if we could deconstruct it? Not in necessarily the strict, I guess, technical term of that, but just the conceptually, like how could we separate audio into its components? Um, and one of the first like 
I actually remember when Luke first said it to her, because he, I think, was the first one to be like, what if we went in the other direction? And I was like, well, why? <laughs> and then he was like, well, remember karaoke? And and then we remembered like this this complaint that we had. And there was not like some, you know, wonderful, there was no exercise of sitting down and being like, oh, this is what the market size could be if you split, none of that, right? It was more just like, oh, let's go and build like a karaoke maker. And um, it was entirely like a hobbyist thing. I think at the same time that we were thinking about that, I was also trying to teach myself to bake bread and I was trying to like learn a new coding language. And also I thought that maybe I would take up knitting. So like, it was just to say that this was very, very casual. Um, but Luke had led uh, data science at Plaid. Um, he felt that the state of deep learning was at a point where this could actually be done at a pretty high level of quality. And so we, we started to work on it. And um, the first results were terrible. I remember we separated Morrissey's voice from the Smiths and it sounded demonic um, because we had done things wrong, but it was, it was quite funny. Like, and we, but at the same time we were like, wow, imagine if we'd done this correctly or like, imagine that there's like, imagine this, this could sound just a bit better, like what cool stuff you could do. And so it started this idea of karaoke, but very quickly our heads started to spin with all these other ideas like, oh, well, you could just, you could sample everything, like think about Jay Dilla's donuts and think about DJ Shadow and think about Public Enemy and thinking about all these like sort of seminal sampling albums and works, right? And and getting inspired by that. And then the, the thing that, you know, sitting in the Valley at least was probably a natural thing for us to think about was we were like, oh, well, not only could you help with these existing kinds of audio tasks, but you could probably also help power totally new audio experiences at scale. See, I said I was going to escape like that word and that idea, but of course, like you can, you know, take the girl out of technology. We can't take the technology out of the girl, I guess. And like, I immediately came back to, you know, that concept again, like, oh, if you could standardize all this audio, what could you do, you know, really in, in terms of entirely new audio experiences? And that's how Audio Shake started. So after many nights in karaoke bars and probably many hardworking hours, Audio Shake was born. But what exactly can you do with the AI? We separate audio um, in order to make it more editable, accessible, interactive, customizable. Basically any kind of task where being able to get at the layers of music or the stems um, would allow you to open that up to new possibilities. And that can range, the, the, in the new possibilities category, uh, that can range from existing revenue streams today in the music industry. So for example, um, you know, helping labels create instrumentals so that they can represent catalog that doesn't have stems, which is the majority of catalog. Um, it could be working with um, film studios to be able to uh, help them localize older content Uh, so, for example, being able to um, take a, a one that we did is, you know, uh, Doctor Who. So they had the old the BBC show, Doctor Who. Um, all they had were the final was the final tape. Um, they didn't have the dialogue track, the music and effects track, and we were able to separate those so that they could keep the music, keep those great sci-fi effects. Um, but be able to get rid of the dialogue and replace it with a local German dub. So those kinds of things, or we clean up audio for things like captioning. So there's a ton of different workflows that range from very, let's say, transactional behind the scenes, um, making sure that your sports captioning 
uh, is accurate, even in a, a scene where um, there's a ton of crowd noise and a ton of music, that the, the dialogue is being extracted um, for automated speech recognition and transcription. Those kinds of things, which people might not even think about, through to more, say, consumer-facing experiences, like um, uh, we just did something with AJR two days ago, where they had us and a producer try and guess at what is in their music and their current single, right? And try and figure out how they compose that, you know? Or uh, we did some with Green Day with, a while back where they split a track, uh, 2,000 Light Years Away, and uploaded the vocals, the drums, and the bass to TikTok in one go so that all their guitar playing fans could become the guitarist in Green Day. Um, so we do all kinds of, you, you really have quite a range of, cool experiences um, that you can power when you can split audio up. So let's hear what Jessica is talking about. She gave me the permission to explain that to you with the example of the band Famous Yesterday, who used Audio Shakes service. There is a band called Famous Yesterday. They'd been together, I think, either coming out of high school or in college. They subsequently broke up, but they'd had a record deal with a label called Bonfire. And Bonfire was approached by Taco Bell for a possible sync license for a commercial where they really wanted to use Famous Yesterday's song, Make You. But they had no stems. And so they used Audio Shake. They used our service Audio Shake Indie. I didn't even know about this at the time. They just uploaded it. Um, and they were able to get uh, the instrumental and the acapella, which you'll hear now. Um, and they were able to uh, land the sync, which was, I think, a lot of money and pretty exciting for the band. Just a night away, let the drugs stir with the beat of your heart. No need to contemplate, forget the world, things are the way that they are.
Make You from Famous Yesterday. You heard all the instruments and the singing together. But the eye from Audio Shake separated them. For that, several hundred thousand songs were used for practice purposes from various musical genres, including classical music and jazz. Rock and pop were most frequently represented. And this is how it sounds when the stems are separated. Bass. Drum. Vocal. They are, yeah, uh, I can make you love me, yeah, uh, cause I got a grip on your heart, yeah, uh, I can make you hate me, yeah, uh, I had you all in love from the start, yeah, and what Audio Shake calls it the other. Yeah. Okay, we now know this is working, but how does the AI actually learn to do this? I think an easy way, it's not the same technical approach at all, but conceptually, I think an easy way to think about what we do is uh, to think about searching for something on your iPhone or Google Photos app, where you want to search for pictures of a beach and you type in beach and all of a sudden all these pictures come up of the beach. Um, and it's not because Apple or Google were necessarily ever told that those were the beach, right? Uh, they've trained on thousands of images of the beach, presumably, and they've created a, uh, a concept of what the beach is. Um, now, I, to be clear, again, it's not the same technical approach at all before all the AI people come at me. But I think conceptually, that's a really easy way for people to understand because what we're doing is we're training, not on beaches, but we're training on thousands and thousands of real stems. And that's teaching our models to understand the different qualities of stems, right? Of music, of a guitar, of a voice. And then we're able to separate um, the data. Yeah, we license or acquire our data. And so that's how we've always operated. So months ago, I also talked with Fabian Robert Stöter from the Audio Shake research team. And I wanted to know more about how the data sets of these AIs work and learn. And he told me something really interesting. There are still some classical instruments in pop rock music that don't work so well because they are very versatile. An electric guitar doesn't work so well yet. It works quite well, but not nearly as well as a piano, for example. Simply because electric guitars with amplifiers, with all the effects, all the things you can add, it's just very, very versatile. There are so many variations. So for their AI, it is harder to learn how exactly a guitar sounds. The more they listen, though, the better they get. And in the end stays one question. Who is this all for? What people use the service? We work with all three major label groups, a ton of indies, lots of distributors, indie artists, major label artists, um, uh, you know, in the same 
and, and, and what's cool is it's accessible to everyone, right? Um, on the same day, uh, like yesterday, Sia posted something um, to YouTube that um, that we, we basically created uh, lyric transcriptions and something called word alignment, which is essentially almost like a karaoke style word by word time stamping of a track. So we helped her localize her videos into a ton of languages and had all the alignment and so forth so she could reach all of her fans locally. So the same day that Sia is launching something like this, we might have an indie artist using our on-demand platform to split their own track so that they can, you know, hopefully land like a sync deal or something like that. Um, but yeah, the uses, I would say the most popular uses um, on a one-off basis, um, meaning not used by apps and, and so forth, um, but by artists and managers and labels, it would be um, sync licensing is a real big one. Uh, you need to have instrumentals to be able to land a sync and sync for your listeners who don't know is when you're watching a uh, film, TV, commercial, that kind of thing, a lot of times the music you're hearing, um, the acapella is being lowered or is not being used at all because they don't want the acapella to distract from what the actors are saying. So sync licensing is a big one. Creating immersive mixes like the Dolby Atmos format where you have the sound placed in different perceptual fields. It feels like it's all around you. Um, that's another big use case, right? You need the stems, you need the guitar stem or the drum stem. You need to put them in different places, basically. Um, uh, uh, remixing, like we had um, uh, on the current SZA album, uh, one of the songs uh, has an ODB sample from an old VHS tape. Um, and uh, they used Audio Shake to get at that sample. Uh, similarly, in the other direction, um, a very, very famous uh, album um, uh, that I can't name. Uh, they used uh, the label used Audio Shake to actually remove some of the samples that they weren't able to clear uh, before they put it on streaming platforms. Um, so you have it kind of going in both directions, creating samples, uh, but all this is happening in a licensed context, uh, or removing samples that might. Um, that might be problematic to clear. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk to you again. Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. And the vision that was planted in my brain still remains within the sound of silence in restless dreams I walked alone narrow streets of cobblestone neath the halo of a street lamp I turned my collar to the cold and damp when my eyes were stabbed by the flash of a neon light that split the night and touched the sound of silence and in the naked light I saw 
10,000 people, maybe more People talking without speaking People hearing without listening People writing songs That voices never share No one dare Disturb the sound of silence Fool said I, you do not know Silence like a cancer grows Hear my words that I might teach you Take my arms that I might reach you But my words like silent raindrops fell Echo in the well of silence And the people bowed and prayed To the neon god they made And the sign flashed out its warning In the words that it was forming And the sign said the words of the prophets are written on the subway walls And tenement halls whispered in the sound of silence I told you in the beginning of this episode that my passion for all these voices that have been changed to famous musicians who then sing songs from others has declined or vanished, but I also told you that there are still some little nice examples like this one. Johnny Cash sings Sound of Silence from Simon and Garfunkel. I found this version from the user Vicarious and that reminded me of that article I have recently read in Wired in which the cash manager Jos Metas or Jos Metas was asked about all these AI cash versions online, all these covers and I quote him. I'm not sure that it was Johnny Cash's intent to have his voice manipulated to sing Barbie Girl. So he mentions the famous little piece that went viral some weeks ago on TikTok and according to Wired, uh, the manager added, the current crop of AI songs are parodies and as the work of hobbyists, they're not worth pursuing over any potential copyright claims. Which I think is a really nice attitude towards it. In connections with Audio Shake, their AI could theoretically also help to separate or erase a voice from a track and then add a different voice over that. Jessica, though, does not consider this as an interesting use. People use it, not audio shake, but people use source separation all the time as part of the workflow for vocal conversion. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, I mean, the sort of infamous Drake weekend collab, the fake Drake song, as they call it, um, it was done that way, right? They would have taken, they would have used vocal isolation to get um, the vocals from Drake or from the weekend, then you would um, do the whole conversion process and everything. And uh, yeah, sound separation is a part of that. Um, we, uh, because we don't have a um, open, you know, we don't have like an on-demand platform where anyone can just split 
anything. You wouldn't be able, you know, you wouldn't be able to come onto our platform and split Drake. You would need to be on our enterprise platform and uh, one of the labels. Um, but uh, so we're not, I think, part of those workflows. But um, yes, it's it's very much applicable there. Uh, we have worked on specific projects with labels or artists um, around doing that. Uh, the things that I think have been kind of the coolest to see are actually the things that are not um, are not actually necessarily tied so much to taking a spe- like a specific person's voice and changing it to someone else's or something like that. I think I'm more interested in or inspired by uses where people are using um, isolation or removal as a way to like build on top of it, but with original content. So by that, I mean, for example, someone taking a popular track, converting it to an instrumental and then freestyling on top of that or singing on top of that. Or a friend of mine was, um, had recorded a track that was uh, guitar and saxophone. And, um, this is moving away from vocals, but you could easily, this would be applicable with a vocal example as well. Uh, He was interested in what would it sound like if that saxophone hadn't been a saxophone, but in fact had been a voice. And specifically, he was interested in hearing a female voice um, on that track. And so like, I remember helping him do that. And, And like, and that was really cool. Like what came of that, what it sounded like as output, um, wasn't necessarily something that you would use commercially, right? It wasn't totally there. A lot of these technologies on the generative side are still very much works in progress, though they're super impressive and they just are getting better and better by the day. Um, But what I thought was so cool about it and what he said was he was like, this is so interesting because in just a few seconds, it was, by the way, a few seconds for him, but more time for me because this stuff is not turnkey. But anyway, um, but he was like, in just a few seconds, I was able to reimagine my work. And it made me wonder, maybe I should actually re-record this piece with a female vocalist, right? And it was giving him this sort of shortcut to something that would have been very hard for him as an Indian musician to take on himself, right? Go out and find someone to, like, he just wouldn't have done it. Um, And it wouldn't have been, like, it wouldn't have been something he could play with because would he invest the money in going and exploring the female voice, if not even knowing whether that might be promising, you know? And so I think that that, that's where I get really excited is how do you bring, like, the human creativity piece of it and how how do you open up new sort of doors or whatever the cliched, new metaphors we will use to talk about AI. How do we, like, how do you, but literally, like, how do you, how do you open up these possibilities to people imaginatively by using these tools? That That's the kind of stuff I get excited about more than just saying, oh, hey, can we take Beyonce's voice and change it into Ed Sheeran? I searched intensely. There is no AI cover that changes Beyonce into Ed Sheeran so far. So if you're into that stuff, Go ahead, do it, send it to me, and I'll play it the next time. But I used Newbert, the AI that generates music based on prompts, and this is what came out when I put in the words Ed Sheeran and Beyoncé.
really excited about being able to help solve or contribute to solving this really, really hard problem of separating audio and then combining our expertise with people that are solving other problems, right? So if we can help be a piece or the back end to this, the audio components of someone's experience, like that's super exciting for us, right? We get to work across so many different areas, film and TV and music and sports and transcription. Like, it's really cool to see the things that people bring. And the, it, like, I know it's, it's funny, probably particularly to creatives sometimes to hear someone working in tech talk about how creative it is, but I really think it is. Like there's, there's so much creativity that comes in creating a technology. And then the thing I personally really enjoy is how do you bring what you've built to other people and let them kind of go wild with it and do really interesting things with it. So when I think about our roadmap and what we're trying to do, we just want to make it easier and easier for people and developers, um, rights holders, to artists to like to create with audio, to build on top of audio, and make it as fast um, and computationally efficient, which I know sounds super uninspiring, but is super important with AI. Um, and because uh, these models are just very large, and and um, so you know, how can you make it as easy in all kind of senses of the word for people to create and build new things? And so if we can help be part of that infrastructure, that's, that, that's really motivating for us. Thanks, Jessica Powell, for the last words about what AudioShake is aiming for with their AI to separate stems. It was a pleasure to talk to you and dive into this amazing technology that, in my opinion, will enhance the creativity of many musicians in the coming years. I can't wait. We have seen it with the Beatles and we will see more, I'm pretty sure. That was the new episode of the Iliac Suite. Thanks for listening, humans. Take care and behave.